Yo fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags. This series is intended to empower you to break through your self-limiting beliefs and step into your personal power. You're the only one in your way, so if you're ready to step up and out, this is your show. Let's go. What up fam, welcome back to another episode of Let's Go. I'm excited about today's episode. I just finished up with my main man, Trevor Franklin. He is another fitness industry guy, a group fitness instructor from uh, born in Oklahoma, then lived in Texas, somehow ended up in New York. He gives us the full lowdown on how that happens. But today's episode, I had a couple breakthroughs in. It was a powerful one, man. We talk about when to make leaps and what holds us back from jumping in life. Uh, living with peripherals, and we'll kind of get into what that looks like. And I, I had a major mindset shift and understanding, kind of honestly, a breakthrough today on this episode about empathy and it being a superpower. It, it was an incredible conversation. And of course, we even get into clickbait on Instagram and how Trev uses that. And, It's a fun conversation, man. Something that you're really going to enjoy. Get you fired up. As always, you're not leaving this episode without feeling like you're ready to run through a wall. So, again, thank you so much for taking the time and committing the effort to listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy it, please share, subscribe, and and rate it. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Enjoy today's episode of Let's Go. All right, Let's Go fam. We are back with another episode of Let's Go with a very special guest today. You probably know him as T.W. Frank <laughs> on Instagram. It's our boy Trev. Trev, welcome to the podcast. Brother. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, all right. Trev is my boy that, I guess, where did we meet? Roan events? Yeah, fitness events about a year, year and a half ago probably. Love it. So that's how we met. And now we're buddies. We hang out. We do fitness things. Always. And get super fit and post on Instagram or it didn't happen. Exactly. And that's life. So I had Trev on the podcast today because I'll let him kind of dive into it, but he is a group fitness instructor at um, Orange Theory. He's Mr. Energy. I like to, as you know, on this podcast, have a lot of people with crazy energy and motivated lifestyles. So he's one of those, uh, and I'm excited to get him on today. So I'm going to start by just having you give us the details, man. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? What's your story? Give us a lowdown. Awesome. Well, first off, thanks for having me, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, to the listeners out there, me and Nick have very similar energies. Um, yeah. So naturally, I was drawn to him. Um, it's been great getting to know the guy over the course of the past year, year and a half. Um, but yeah, my backstory. So essentially, um, I was born in Oklahoma, uh, grew up in Lubbock, Texas from the age of three to like 22 or so. Lubbock. Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock or leave it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place. Um, kind of a small town, middle of nowhere, Texas, West Texas. Um, I went to Texas Tech. Um, for those of you that know anything about you know college sports, um, that's the college in the town. Um, but yeah, growing up, grew up in a small high school um, in shallow water. I believe there was like 2,000 people in the entire town. Um, so grew up an athlete, um, played all the competitive sports, uh, had awesome parents that were supportive and, and helped me kind of pursue all the endeavors that I wanted to. Um, 
And yeah, that kind of led me into my fitness journey, if you will. So through, you know, playing athletics and sports, uh, I actually got CrossFit certified when I was 18. Like my You're a CrossFit guy. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough. Uh, so 2012 Shit. was when I graduated high school and that's the year that it like took off. Mm-hmm. So that's the year that, I mean, Rich Froning was like a big name in the fitness industry. I think they're on like their fourth CrossFit games yeah. uh, total, something like that. Um, but that's kind of when the flame started. I mean, I think eight boxes opened up yeah. in our, in our hometown in the course of that year. Um, <laughs> Funny enough story, I, uh, when I, so CrossFit certification, to those that don't know, basically you have to actually do a workout in front of all these people that are certifying you. Um, and so we did a workout called Fran. It's 25, 15, oh. 9, yeah, of, of I believe it's bodyweight pull-ups and thrusters at 95 pounds. And on my set of nine thrusters, I actually threw up my back doing no. doing the thrusters. Yeah, 95 pounds. So, you know, not super heavy, super embarrassing. I just hyperextended my lower lumbar um, and actually threw up my back at my certification exam. So I passed. But I never made a dime off my CrossFit certification, never coached wow. a CrossFit class, never did anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of weird. Um, and so my, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of a weird story. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of took a break on the whole fitness thing. Um, I mean, at the time, I was, I was like a waiter and I worked in a shoe store. Um, so, you know, my parents, like I said, they're very supportive and they, they always instilled, you know, if I want something, go and get it. And so, right. I mean, from the age of 15, I've, I've always had one to two jobs, depending. Um, so I've always enjoyed working and, and, and working hard at, at what I do. And, and, you know, they taught me to take pride in what I do. And so I didn't really get into the fitness game until, I mean, gosh, I was probably, yeah, 23 or so. Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was after being fired from, like, from like a corporate job. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't deal well with, with A, confrontation, or B, failure. And so getting fired was kind of a low point for me. Um, and it took a lot of soul-searching of, of what, what is my objective in life and, and what do I want to do with my life. And, you know, I went back to, to what I loved. You know, I, I, I didn't have any clients. I didn't have any, uh, any profound knowledge. But I knew what I loved in life, and that was physical fitness and, you know, health and longevity. And so I, uh, that's when I got certified, uh, 20, 22, 23 years old, somewhere in that area. Um, and I just kind of took a leap from there. Um, certified as a personal trainer or group fitness? Yeah, trainer? personal trainer. So okay. I got ISSA certified to start out. Yep. Um, and from, you know, I got certified. I went in. I applied at every gym in my hometown of Lubbock. Nobody called me back. Um, eventually, Orange Theory had a front desk position open up uh, yep. in Lubbock. And I was like, I mean, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Like, I'm a college kid. Like, I'll, I'll take whatever job I can get because, you know, again, I'd had jobs since I was 15 or so. And the lack of income was super stressful for me. Um, and so, yeah, I started as a front desk worker um, at Orange City Fitness. Bided my time for about two or three months. A coaching position became available. I took that. Um, and then it's funny. Once I started group fitness coaching in Lubbock, um, you know, I guess... Other gyms started hearing about me. I don't, I don't really know what happened from there, but I got an interview at a personal training gym. I mean, it's similar to Performix in the style that it's like a one-on-one training gym mm-hmm. with, with a pretty solid structure, um, but it's not a commercial gym by any means. Right. Um, and so I did, started doing one-on-one training there. Um, I was very fortunate. To get, I filled my schedule within two or three weeks, um, and I was doing pretty well, uh, in all honesty. For, for about a year there, I was, I was doing one-on-one training. I was doing the Orange Theory coaching, balancing them out, making you know pretty good money, had a good life, um, still in school and whatnot. Um, and you know, I would summarize it as I was just pretty comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then some things started happening. I uh, I had a, had a modeling agent reach out to me uh, from New York. Yeah. Uh, he, he saw me through one of my buddies, Sean Alexander, and so he reached out to me. They brought me to New York. Um, 
like I think it was, I guess it was three summers ago, uh, and uh, I just did test shoots for a week. So I did like six photo shoots in the span of seven days. Um, it was awesome. It was I the first time you ever did something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First time I'd ever done um, you know pretty big photo shoots in New York. Um, so I mean I did like you know the quote unquote modeling thing in Lubbock. Um, it's not a huge market. There, there's some great photographers there that I got to work with. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal, but it, it kind of had a weird stigma there. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not like New York, um, and so. You know, I knew I wanted it's a little weird. bit. Lubbock? Yeah. It's man. not like New York? Yeah, a little bit of a culture shift. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I had the rep as, like, a pretty boy, like, you know, cares way too much about himself, super vain, when in actuality, I just enjoyed the photo shoots because, you know, it kept me motivated to kill it in the gym. Yeah. You know, like, I needed something to work for. Like I said, I was an athlete growing up, and so I always prepared for, like, games and, right, um, right, right. you know, a competitive environment, and I lost that mm-hmm. after. So I needed something to keep me hungry, and, you know, that was kind of my outlet and my and the source that I went to. Um, and so, yeah, I came out to, to New York, did some test shoots, love the energy of the city. I love the people that I got to meet in such a short amount of time. And, and the crazy thing was, it was like-minded individuals, yeah. you know? And so uh, I think I can speak for a lot of people that live in New York now. Uh, the reason they might've came here was because there's a lack of people that are, that are hungry for more yeah. and are hungry to go out and get what they want and just work their ass off for it. And that's kind of what I was feeling like in Lubbock. I, I had some close friends, but nobody that I would really, you know, call like a super close confidant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they wouldn't be the best man at a wedding, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and that became part of like my comfortable lifestyle that, yeah. that I was that I was becoming a part of, um, and so coming to New York was just a big shift because all of a sudden, you know, I'm low man on the totem pole, and it's like, well, shit, like I want to make some stuff happen, right. you know. Um, when you say the, and I want to bring you back to that, mm-hmm. the mindset of a New Yorker, like, what do you mean by that? Is it just that drive, like that hunger, and that's not happening anywhere? Like, it does not. I for me that level of hunger and intensity just doesn't happen almost anywhere else in the world like that. Yeah, I would say New York is a hustle or die area. Yeah. You know, it's either you hustle your ass off and you grind or it's going to eat you up and you're going to move back to wherever yeah. you came from or you're going to have to leave the city mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't, you know, it's an equal opportunity employer. Right. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're willing to work your ass off and, and really, you know, push your limits a little bit and pursue some new things, um, the city will reward you. But if, if you're used to being comfortable and not willing to step out of that comfort zone, it, it tends to eat you up and spit you right back out. Right. Um, but at least that's what I've seen. Um, but yeah, so end of that week of photo shoots, they, they wanted to sign me, um, but I was still in school. I wasn't in a position where I could move to New York at the time. And so it didn't work out, you know. So I, I came back, went back to Lubbock. Uh, I was still in school. Thought I had about a year left. Um, and I was going to finish school and then revisit, revisit all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, went back to school. I was doing my thing. Long story short, I had some things mess up in my admissions, and my advisor missed, like, 15 extra hours. So I was going to have to stay another year. And I was, like, not about that. Like, yeah. I was finished. Um, that, you know, there what did people- you study? So I was in nutrition. Okay. So I started in broadcast journalism. I wanted to be, like, a newscaster for ESPN. They, li- they laid off, like, 10,000 people, switched to nutrition because I thought it was a safer route. Um, and I enjoyed, the, the, you know, the fitness aspect of it. Um, but, yeah, so I was doing that. Found out I had another year left. I was pretty much done after that. I mean, I was at a point where – so I paid for my school. My parents helped me in the beginning, but mm-hmm. I started paying for my school when I was, when I was making pretty good money. Um, and, like, I did the math, and I was making just as much as I was spending on school. And, like, my mind works to where I was like, that's dumb. 
Yeah. Right. Like I'm all about like financial stability and being financially free. And that was just handicapping me, yeah. you know, and in the fitness industry, it's like for what I wanted to do, the degree didn't mean a whole lot. Right. Like I think in my two years, one person has asked what my degree was yeah. and it was just in passing. Like mm-hmm. no one cares, you yeah. know, it's a piece of paper. And so That's a really interesting point. And I think, I think there's something to be said. We've had discussions on this show about like the power of a degree and how much it holds. Mm-hmm. Certainly in our industry. I mean, it's, it's important to know that someone is certified to be doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. but not every trainer is an exercise science like degree holder. Not every trainer is a physical therapist or has gone to physical therapy school or started mm-hmm. that process. It's really interesting. You can learn a lot of this stuff from just honing your craft and being in the space and taking certification courses that are not degrees. For sure. So uh, what I will say, though, it's important to ask, like, <laughs> does your trainer have a certification? Yeah, and yeah. if so, what? And just like, what are their credentials? Because there's <laughs> right. a lot of bullshit out yeah. there. There's a lot of Instagram trainers out there. Yeah, you know there I mean? are. I mean, it's part of it. Um, but yeah, so in my mind, um, the, the, the financial loss and the, the quote unquote educational gain wasn't there because mm-hmm. I'd learned more in my however long I'd been a trainer at that point from the people that I worked with versus um, a college education. Yeah. Right. And so to me, didn't make sense. Right. And so it's kind of weird how and I don't know you've talked about like uh, I believe you call it sourcing. Yeah. Is that kind of what you talk about? Sorry, podcast. Yeah. I love that stuff, man. Um, and so it's funny. As soon as I found out I had an extra year left, I started thinking, man what's it going to take to move to New York, yeah. you know, so, or, or just get out of Lubbock, mm-hmm. right? Because I had this comfortable life. I could see myself in five years having, like, a white picket fence, two dogs, a family, like, whoop-de-doo. But I had a lot of life that I still wanted to live myself. And I knew that if I didn't take a jump at that point in time, it, it's something that I would always regret um, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and so I knew it was time. And so, you know. Even, I, even with the idea that you still had, like, you were so close to graduating. The thought oh, yeah. of, like, stepping away from that after putting the time and money that you put into it, mm-hmm. was it an easy choice to just like say I'm out? Hell yeah. Isn't Hell that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like it's a big, it's a big leap. You're in it from yeah. the outside. It's huge. And it's funny you mentioned that. So me and my mom and my dad, we, we all had a lot of long talks and they, they reverberate around that same exact thing you just said. Right. You're like, Hey, you've worked, you know, for three plus years already. You're almost there. Like why, why now? Um, and, and I've always been an opportunist. And so, like when opportunity comes knocking, it's not like I'm going to shut it down, right. you know? And again, that comes back to that sourcing a little bit. So uh, I thought about it. Yeah. I was like, okay, how can I manifest this to happen to yeah. where I can move to an LA, to a New York? I, I needed a bigger market, yeah. right? Because I was done with what I was doing. Yeah. I, was, I was burnt out. I was finished. I was tired of sitting in the classroom. I was tired of listening to teachers. I was tired of taking tests and being graded off, you know, something that essentially I would learn, test over, then forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the tests that I aced in college, you could ask me those questions now. I wouldn't know. No clue. You know? Yeah. Like none of that stuff stuck with me because yeah. uh, there was an end to a means and it was passing and moving on. Um, and it's funny, my buddy Sean actually called me um, one day. It was like, I think it was like someday in May and, and I'm walking out of one of my classes just being like, okay, I'm done with this semester. Like, get me the hell out of here. And he calls me and says, Hey man, one of our roommates is moving out. We need a roommate in Jersey. Sourcing, like, baby. what are your thoughts? And I'm just like, God bless, you know, <laughs> like, let's go. let's go. Yeah, let's go. Right. So it happened, man. And so I dropped out like the next week. Um, and I was like, I'm done. Bought my plane ticket to New York, ready to rock and roll. 
um, started siphoning off clients, started, um, started, uh, you know, giving up my classes at Orange Theory, yeah. like telling everybody, hey, I'm moving to New York, like later, have fun in Lubbock, like have a nice life. <laughs> and um, man, two weeks before, the guy that's going to move out calls me and tells me he's not anymore. Oh yeah, my man. God. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm really sorry, but um, I was going to move with my girlfriend and we broke up. <laughs> and I was like... Dude, I didn't know you were with your girlfriend, right? He didn't tell me wow. that. And so, um, yeah, man, that was depressing. Um, so I was like, all right, I got 14 days to, like, figure my shit out, you know? Like, <laughs> Time like, is bro, pressure, yeah. baby. I love it. <laughs> like, no clients, no classes, not generating income. Wow. Like, no job lined up anywhere, New York or Lubbock. Just yeah. kind of, like, stagnant, you know? So... Like, a day or two of me being like, I'm done. I'm moving back to my parents' basement. Like, it's over for me. Like, I'll see you guys in 30 years, like, at my high school reunion or something. But, um, you know, he, the guy that was leaving actually got this gig on a TV show. Mm -hmm. So it kind of worked out. He got onto some TV show, and he was like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a month. If you want to come up here and, like, sublease for a month and figure it out, you can. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I'm going to bet on myself. Right? There's a lot to do. Like, that pressure makes diamonds. Yeah. Get, get into the space. And then For sure, man. You either sink or you swim. Sink or swim, baby. That was it. Uh, yeah, so I stuck with that. Um, moved up on July 11th, two years ago. Um, and, you know, it's hard to summarize what actually happened. Because, like, in the moment, I remember being, like, kind of cool and collected. But, like, looking back, it's like, holy shit. Like, what happened? Yeah. Right? Because, again, when I moved up here, no job. Yeah. Right? No job lined out. Um, I hadn't really talked to that agent as much anymore because I'd kind of made my own connections to, like, Instagram and stuff. Um, and so I got here, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm here. Now now what? Right? There, th- this is a really interesting topic where people jump and go for shit. And when you sit and analyze, and this is something that's been a part of my life a lot in the past few months, there's so much sitting and analyzing, like, what's the next step? What's the play? Can that be good at times to stop and take a breath? Absolutely. I think it's important to, like, have a moment to just, like, outside looking in, let me just see what's going on. But a lot of times that creates this, like, you get frozen. You stare at it and you're like, this is too much, this is too big. Mm-hmm. But when it's a situation like yours where you, you literally jumped into sink or swim, and when that happens... It's almost like I just blacked out. I don't know what happened, but I just found an apartment and here I am and I did it. And like yeah, when, you, when you are when you have no choice and that's something that I often talk to like clients about that I coach or, or training clients. I'm like, I know this is expensive or I know this is a challenge or I know it's outside your comfort zone. Just jump mm-hmm. like go for it. Mm-hmm. The worst that can happen. Worst case scenario is X, Y and Z. And, like, literally, worst-case scenario, you have no money and you move back to your parents' place and you're lucky enough to have that. When you have that type of net that can catch you to some extent, freaking go, man. It's huge because then there's so much pressure. You've got no choice but to find a way. So where you would usually, like, okay, I've got time, so let me just go to sleep at 8 tonight and get an extra two hours because I'm tired. It's like, no, I'm going to bed at midnight because I got another four hours that I can get some work done and get yeah. shit together because I have no choice. I got to get it done. I have one <laughs> month and this dude's moving back in his apartment, yeah. and I got no money. Figure it out. Figure it out. Um, Sorry to cut you off. No, nah, dude, I love that you actually went that route because it, it's funny, just to kind of jump ahead a little bit, once I started seeing a little bit of success in New York, man, it, it's funny the people that would come out of the woodwork, um, either from my hometown or that have known me for a while and like, you know, like, man, that's so cool that you moved to New York. Like, I, I wish I could do that. I want to do that. And then it's, but, 
and then it's X, Y, Z. Yep. Right. And so there's always something that's holding these people back. And, you know, in the beginning I'd be like empathetic and I was like, man, it's a bummer. Like any, any way I can help you, let me know. Like I would, I would love to be to mentor you if you need. Right. Yeah. And, and now it's at the point where it's like, man, either like make it happen or just don't, Yeah. you know, like bet on yourself and you'll at least go to bed knowing you tried your hardest, right. right? Because a lot of people are just stuck in this this comfort zone where they can do the same thing for ten years or so, but they're going to look back in ten years and be like, "What have I done with my time?" Right? Right? What? What? Uh, do I want to make something more of myself, or just be this same individual um, for the rest of my life? And and that was frustrating for me. And maybe it's not necessarily fair because my fallback plan was always, "Okay, go back to my parents." Maybe people don't have that option. But right. at the same time, ten times out of ten, I'd rather bet on my and fail yeah. than to stick in this comfort zone and be mediocre my whole life. And you get to look at your situation and like with you and I are similar in that in our current, in our situations at that point, we had the beauty of a safety net of like our parents' yeah. basement. Yeah. And that that's a beautiful thing. Somebody who's listening could be in a situation where you have a family and you can't bet the farm on mm-hmm. what you're doing and like go start a new business and lose your kid's college fund or like lose your house. You don't want to do that. Mm. But are there areas where you're not betting on yourself to an extent that's possible and stretch what possible looks like? Yeah. Every, it's impossible to move to New York. I don't have the money. It's like, neither did I. I figured it out. I scrapped up a couple yeah. hundred bucks. Sell your shit. Sell your <laughs> shit. Like the, just where I've become super powerful in coaching people and, and, in personal training, like as a behavioral change specialist, I just ask the right questions. And like when you walk people into their own shit, it's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Like you you can just find out how many self-limiting beliefs people roll on. Like they literally build a foundation of self-limiting beliefs and then they live their lives on this limit Mm -hmm. of like what I can't do. Yeah. And, and then everything else around it that I create happens only on the foundation of what I said I can't do. Mm-hmm. What about if you had this foundation of like, really, uh, not to sound like mushy, but anything's possible. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. And then you overshoot it. And like you, you but you land somewhere on the way, you know. So yeah. I, my challenge for most people is, can you really ask the question, is this it? Or like, am I really at my limit or is this totally what I have? Like fully, almost always the answer is I can go a little more. I can push a little harder. hundred percent. You know? A lot of people tend to look at the end goal and, and see the entire process and it's like overwhelming to them instead of taking it one step at a time, mm-hmm. you know, like moving to New York, it was one step. Okay. I'm going to buy a plane ticket. What day? Awesome. What airport? Awesome. Where am I going to live? Awesome. And just move on from there. You know what I mean? One step at a time versus like looking at a whole year of work in one. It's a lot less overwhelming. That's what we were talking about before. It's just yeah. like when when you take that moment, again, I it is always my go-to, mm-hmm. presence. When you are present to your current task, mm-hmm. which today is getting up and getting to my client at 8 a.m. <laughs> and like yeah. and murdering that session and giving him everything he's got because it's his birthday session. Mm-hmm. And then at 9 o'clock, I'll focus on that client and like, be present to what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you stop worrying about all the bullshit on the back end of it. But a lot of times we freeze in the current moment because we're thinking about what's happening this weekend or next week or next year or 10 years from now. When people give me bullshit about, oh my God, I can't because like, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I like seven years out. There's this thing. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Like literally right now. Go jump on that box. Yeah. Like go. about seven years. Yeah. Like oh, I don't want to like because if I hurt my knee and then yeah. I have my sister's wedding in April of next year. I'm like, what? how did we get to April 2020? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about doing a box jump. You don't fall in the box. Like it's it's crazy. But for real, I I, yeah. I think if people challenge themselves to get past that initial. Uh, I can't because mm-hmm. just cut that off and see what like cut off the because blah 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 blah. What are the facts of the current situation? Mm-hmm. I the facts are there's an open apartment in New York. The facts are I'm done in Love my it. current town. The facts are it's time to fucking go. Yeah, like that's the facts. 100%. And then everything else is just what you put on the pretty facts. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, for sure. Um, yeah. So to continue the story, right? So I moved up. Um, lived there for about a month. Um, so when I got here, you know, I had a couple options. I could either be like a cater waiter, yeah. right, which is like the modeling waiter type stuff. You, yeah. You're basically like a pretty waiter. That's really all yeah. it is. And I was like, man, that's not really the move for me. I'm yeah. not great at just being a waiter. Um, or, you know, fitness. So, I mean, I knew OTF, but I hadn't reached, or Orange Series, excuse me. I hadn't reached out to anybody up here, right? Yeah. My thought was, okay, new life, new me. I'm going to switch it up. Yeah. I'm going to do something else. So... I interviewed a couple of commercial gyms here, like, yeah. like in Equinox and, and Temple. And they're like, yeah, we can offer you, you know, $35 a session. And I'm like shitting my pants. Like, what? Yeah. Like, my rent just quadrupled and you're going to offer me half the rate that I was making right, in, right, in right. Lubbock, Texas. It's crazy. Um, so I'm like, nah, done with that, right? Um, so I went and interviewed at Barry's. Uh, liked Barry's, didn't really like the vibe as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, backstory, you know, Texas, the South, it's really family oriented, right? We, we have a specific culture, um, and I love that. I, I love the environment and the vibes that, that were that were in my home studio in Texas. And I just didn't feel that Barry's. You know, Barry's is fantastic, but I didn't feel it there. So, uh, it, it's funny, I was walking back to the train to go back to Jersey. I was walking back to the PATH train, and I, I walked by Orange Theory in the Chelsea location. I'm like, you know, let me just, just pop in and see what's going on. Um, so, I walk in, and I'm like, hey, what's up? I, I moved here like five days ago. Uh, I'm a coach. Are you guys hiring? What's going on? And, you know, the, I got weird looks. They were like, who the hell is this like random white dude like walking in here like asking for a job? And I'm like, you know, I promise I'm good. Like, how's it going? Like, how can I? I, I promise yeah, I'm really good. I promise I know what I'm doing. Um, can you give me a chance, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like um, and so the, the manager came out, interviewed me a little bit. And they're like, hey, you know, we have a guy you can meet at four o'clock. And it's like noon. I'm like, okay, I'll just stay and so I stayed for like four hours like yeah. on their wi-fi like doing work and stuff um interviewed with the guy went well they want to put me like on a training program uh, which I already coached for over years so I was kind of like um oh, okay that's fine F- again sourcing right I'm like okay I'm gonna take over this market I'm gonna do awesome and I'm just gonna crush it that's my objective yeah. right two days later I go in and the coach who's who, who I'm observing gets like sick or something he can't coach I'm like hey can you coach and I'm like Hell yeah, I can coach. Yeah. So when I got here, it was a lot of long days. Um, And so, you know, obviously I don't um, recommend drugs to anybody, but I I took a Vyvanse that morning just to like keep my mental clarity up. Bro, best class I've ever coached in my entire life. (laughs) I'm breaking down like every biomechanical movement you can do. Like I'm in there with people, like I'm in their head with them, man. I'm like, yo, we're doing this together. Like I'm with you, you're with me. Let's crush it, fam. Some limitless shit. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, who is this like coked out coach and why is he here? but yeah, funny story. The owner took class, right? No and so, way. Yeah, man. The, the owner, um, his wife took class, and afterwards, she's like, "Hey, that was great. 
let's get you coaching. I'm like, all right, I'm going to order some more Vyvanse. You know, like, here we go. My um, life is built on a foundation of yeah. heavy drugs. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to succeed, do drugs. Right? Um, but yeah, so it, it worked out well. I, uh, I, I started with a low class load, but it's funny, like two weeks in just with coverage opportunities. And again, like, like this goes back to that kind of hustler die mindset, right? For probably a month, Anybody that needed coverage, whether it be Jersey or New York, I answered Covered. five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, can you cover my five? I was like, done. Yeah. Like, nobody else got a chance because I was like, I'm going to work my ass off, and in one year, I'm going to own this market. Yeah. Like, that was my objective. Like, I didn't come here to, you know, do the same shit that I was doing in Texas. I came here to make a name for myself, and I came here to, like, change my whole life path, yeah. right? And so that was my mentality. It's like, hey, like, no one gives a shit. I'm going to work harder than you. And then in the at the end of the day, there's not going to be a doubt that I'm going to take over, right? Um, so for about a month, that's what I did. I was... <clears throat> I mean, I was coaching between 20 and 30 classes a week between Jersey and New York. I had no life, right? Yep. Like, like I would, no you know, life. yeah, man, what, I mean, you, yeah, you've been there. You've no been life. There. So, you know, you, you start the day about four 30, you go coach four classes, yep. head home, take a short little nap, like chug a bang or like a monster or something, yep. go yep. back, coach like five or six more at night. Um, and, and that was my life for about a month. Um, and I was still trying to do like the modeling thing and, and it, and it went, it was going okay. Yeah. Right. Um, to those of you that don't know much about modeling, they, they basically send you on a lot of castings where it's you and 10 guys look exactly like you and you have to pretend you're friends for for x amount of time and do whatever they say um so it's a lot of fun um, Super fun. yeah man not, there's not a lot of money in it and yeah. so again I've, I've always tried to been financially um free and so group fitness was the move for me um so yeah after about a month they called me um they offered me the head coaching position at the at the chelsea location like listen <laughs> like that's crazy because and that happened in a month yeah man yeah i think it's like about a month insane. and a half it was in september because i I mean, I did that that schedule of the 4 a.m. wake-ups from, like, when I left school and I started at the local gym. Mm-hmm. And then when I started group fitness and I was at Ripped, it was – I mean, you can ask anybody that I worked with at Ripped. There was nobody covering – it was to the point where when there were coverages – I couldn't even cover anymore because I was already covering the coverages <laughs> yeah. from it. Like your coverages needed covering. Yeah, for the coverages. like yeah. like I was twenty seven, twenty five, twenty three classes every week for two yeah. years. And that takes a toll. Two man. years, it beat the living shit out of me. And these past four months, where I've been like very, like I've been sleeping more, like yeah. relaxing a little bit and traveling. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, I did, I did in two years what a lot of people do in ten years. Yeah, man. And and it was so rewarding, mm-hmm. but. Again, I pushed the limits of what everybody said was possible, number one, to, like, keep your body going. And number two, what everybody said was appropriate. Do you need to get in your locker, man? Come on. Slide on in. So where are you? There you go. Yeah, so I I really believe that you can test the limits of what you think is possible. And then when you change it as a possibility, then it all changes around you people's perspective so a true leader and a true powerhouse of a human is somebody who can what love you man is somebody who can not only change what they see in their world but they're so effective at changing their own world that other people start to believe in possibility that they're creating so like when when it was when I got to Ripped, I remember Brian, the owner, was teaching. He was like, dude, I did 15 classes, and he was dead, which he also is a dad. Like, that's my Tuesday, bro. <laughs> Seriously. No, hold, he's a, he is a hustler, that man. Yeah. I, I would never take anything away from him. But 
he only saw nobody was doing 15. The next person under him was doing like nine. So 15 was crazy. And then I walk in and I'm doing 25. And he was like, what? He's like, <laughs> you can't on? do that. Like, you're going to die. <laughs> and it wasn't like uh, you're doing better than me. It was more like uh, he just saw the possibility. And then everybody saw, oh, you could teach 25. But that was me saying, I'm not worried about anybody else. This is another thing. If you're looking at what everybody else's schedule is, you won't be the best because you're only going to go off of what everybody else's schedule is. For sure. If you go off of what you know you're capable of and you just keep pushing those limits, endless potential. Endless potential in any realm of your life. But so many times we get stuck on like, well, Sally's doing 10. So if I do 12, that's awesome. Screw that. If you're capable of doing 19, do 19. 25, do 25. And what happens is you bring other people up. That's a true leader. Someone who leads just by doing and then they walk away and other people are trying to do the same thing because you're gone Mm -hmm. and you've created a standard, you know? Yeah. Very interesting. And I think a lot of it, you know, ties back to, you know, your upbringing and, and, and how you were raised and how your mentality is, right? So, I mean, you know, to deviate a little bit, this quick shout out, you know, my parents are phenomenal. They, they raised me and, and their whole thing was, you know, be genuine, be humble, but be the hardest worker in the room, right. no matter your situation and take pride in your work. Like yep. they didn't care if I was a plumber or, you know, the president, whatever it is, they said, be, you know, be the best at whatever you are. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was my mentality going in because last thing I want to do is let them down. You know, so, um, yeah, I took over the head coaching position in about a month, you know, maybe a month and a week or so. Um, and, and then things just kind of took off. You know, I think when we began, we were at like 330 or so members or something like that, which, you know, it, the New York market's tough, right? So, I mean, you know this just from Ripped and whatnot. But on our block, we have a Rumble, we have a Peloton, we have a Crunch. There's a Berries in the area. You know, now we have Burns, Souls. There's everything. Chelsea's, right? Chelsea's the number two space in the world. For group fitness, I don't That's, know if you I knew did that. not know that in the world. Yeah, that is it's incredible. Chelsea is the number number two space in the world, um, and and people often don't see these numbers. Like when you study them a lot, because I was an owner of a boutique studio like that, mm. I had a lot of numbers that I studied, and and it was crazy. We were going to open in Chelsea where Solid Core just opened. Oh snap, that'd be a tough. That was our second spot. spot. It's, it's right across the street from Rumble. It's yeah. all over there, but. What you realize is there's so much competition. Mm. It's it's crazy. Keep it's going. Brutal. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, we had about 300 and something members um, when I began, and after about a year, um, we were eclipsing the 800 mark. You know, and, and again, that's not because of me, 100 percent, right? But you know, that was that was I believe that was the domino effect that I was able to to help cultivate because again, what I brought to the table was that like family atmosphere and that family culture Mm -hmm. and my goal was to have the members and everybody that came to that door buy into what I was buying into Mm -hmm. which was we're all searching for something better Mm -hmm. right and I think when when you have that passion and you bring that drive and that energy into a room people gravitate towards it you know it's huge yeah and so I I was fortunate to you know myself and another amazing coach her name's Kelsey uh, we both have very similar energies Mm -hmm. and we were able to take what that studio was and bring in people that had the same foundation as we did. It's so interesting. It's such a simple equation. Certainly in group fitness, it's proven true. And we can both speak to that, that it just simply is you bring positive energy. You are an uplifting spirit and a good person. Like that's, to me, that's the foundation. Do the right thing, Mm -hmm. like always, Mm -hmm. and the rest will come with it. But that is not just a group fitness thing. It works really well for bringing people into classes when you have good energy and you're positive. But if you are that stand in your workplace, in your relationship, 
at home with your kids, wherever you are, wherever your space is, if you can be committed to being that energy, it's, it's where most of my opportunities came in my life. I'll yeah. tell you right now, I'm not the smartest guy on the block. I would use the word wisdom over smart for me. I'm not like, if you look at my test scores, I was like struggling through high school. I was struggling through college. I made it through, but that was more my grit and commitment to just like making my parents proud type of thing like yeah. you. But it really does come down to your willingness to be a good person. And it doesn't always win first, yeah. but it wins long-term always. hundred percent. That, that I believe it does not always win first, the, the douchebag might get an upper hand on you for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but if you stay true to being a good person, eventually the douchebag gets old. People get sick of him, yeah. and they move on to the person who they know is always there, and the good guy, the guy who's doing the right thing, and of course this goes for women too. I'm, I'm just saying, like the, the person who chooses to do the right thing and be a good person first eventually will come out on top. And it's just hard because there's a lot of temptation to be the guy who, like, gets over on people, to make the quick buck, to get more people in the class, whatever it is, to get that immediate gratification. But you will see better results and that abundance in all domains if you commit to to being the right person, the good person, you know? And it showed true in your work. Yeah. I mean, just to being genuine and caring about my work and and bringing that passion, A, I was able to sleep better at night, right? And and B, success followed, you know? And that's, again, why I got into the fitness game. I didn't know how much money was in fitness, but I knew what I loved. Yeah. And it was physical fitness. And, you know, I I was blessed because the money followed, you know? Um, And so I'm big on pursuing what you love, love your life, and then everything else will kind of resonate from that. Um, But yeah, so fast forward, right? So I was head coach there for about a year. Um, and, and then recently I, I became uh, regionally certified and now I'm over uh, all our studios in Manhattan. So I'm essentially an area head coach. Um, I'm able to open up new studios both in Connecticut, Jersey, um, and also in the New York market. And so the growth has been amazing. And I'm hoping, you know, the next year to two years has the same exact growth track for mm-hmm. me um, because that's the objective is just work my ass off and, and create success at as young as age and as, po- as, as young of an age as possible. Yeah. I mean, it really does come down to that commitment to just, I see a vision. I have a vision of like what I want to create and keep going and keep going. Do you see that is vision really powerful for you? Like you have a goal and then I'm going to go after it. Or is it more just like head down, hustle and whatever comes from that I create from that? Yeah. So I think it's a bit of both. I mean, like I'm not the best at like creating like, uh, I guess a job, if you will. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. if you were just like, okay, start a fitness studio, figure it out. I wouldn't be the best at creating, right? But if you give me an end goal and you give me a timeline, I can make whatever I need to happen, happen, right? Right. Like I need quantifiable things that I can complete so that I know I'm being successful and know that I'm on the right track. And so for me, it's always been, you know, what's the next step? First thing was head coach. Mm -hmm. What do I do to get there? Work harder than everybody else and prove that I'm a leader without saying that I'm a leader, right? Who cares if you say you're a leader? Like I wanted to prove that. And I did that. Head coach, boom. Next thing, okay, how, what's the next rung up, right? It was regional educator. Yeah. So how do I get there? I successfully fulfill my head coaching duties. I hire solid people around me, right? And I prove that I know the education. Right. And that's what I did, right? Yeah. And so it, it was a little bit of, it, it's a lot of put your head down and like work your ass off. But at the same time, being aware of what adaptations you'd be made as you go. 
yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. right? Because fitness is constantly changing, yep. you know, um, and, and the requirements and, and my job duties are constantly changing as well. It's not yeah. like a set in stone template that I can go off of. It's con- it's constantly maneuvering. And so there are times where I just put my head down and I coach a lot. Yeah. And there's times where I have to step back and, and you know, be a leader because right. it's not always about being just a rock star in the room yep. and like being like everyone's favorite, right? A true leader elevates those around him. Yeah. So there've been a lot of times where I have to step back, you know, take a backstage pass, if you will, and let the people that I'm trying to educate and bring up steal the spotlight and do, let them do their own thing. Right. You know, and I think it's, it's funny. I had to read a book to even get to that point. Right. Yeah. It was like leadership 101. It was a super short book. Uh, and it was talking about that. And after reading that, it kind of clicked for me. It's like, I've been so focused on me, right. Kind of a selfish aspect of like, I want success. I want this to happen. I need this to happen. But to achieve true elevation and true growth, you do have to invest a lot more of your time and energy into other people. Team. Yeah. Exactly. That's the only way to grow is by letting others grow around you. Yeah. It's the two things that I often refer to the two G's that make us feel alive is giving and growth. 100%. And, and if you're just constantly growing from a space of build me, build me, you won't feel the same elevation if you're not including giving to others. So that includes building up others, right? So you're growing by doing your stuff, but also elevating others is huge. And, and I refer to it, I, I always talk about how I struggle with goals. If I have a goal, yes, it's like motivating, but I kind of get bored if there's yeah. just like a goal. And what happens is you put your head down and you just sprint towards the goal and you're missing so much awesome shit on your left and right. So I say run with peripherals like that's kind of how I envision it is is I'm I'm, I have a mission to get somewhere like to get regional manager or to be head coach or whatever it is. But as I'm going, I'm using my peripherals. And if there's something left or right that gets to be taken care of or looked at or paid attention to, that's what makes life interesting. Mm -hmm. Just like the I want this promotion, this promotion. It gets boring because, and and also you put so much attention on everybody else's opinion of you. And that's like the boss has to say, okay, you're allowed to go to this next level. But on that journey where like, yes, you need an okay from the big man. Mm -hmm. Can you have peripherals and look at different things around you? And, and that's kind of what you're saying is like, yeah, there's time to put your head down and sprint. And there's times to like, look up and say, okay, where am I? What can I generate? What can I create? For sure. Because if you're just just goal-oriented, locked in, and of course you could say this 10,000 different ways and somebody's going to say, you need goals. Of course you need goals. But if all you're thinking about is that end goal, a lot of times what happens is you put too much power in other people's hands. Mm-hmm. And then when you're powerless, there's no like life. Yeah. You just feel empty. So yeah. being able to live with peripherals is, is a really powerful thing, I think, mm-hmm. and, and can dictate what you generate an outcome in your life for sure so it's really interesting to hear that story because watching you grow from thing to thing so quickly it's a testament to the type of guy you are the commitment you have to to constantly improving it's huge and there's no limit when you say i'm just gonna make it happen there's just no limit (laughs) yeah man where does that energy come from though that's a big question it's like because everybody wants to know on the Let's Go podcast, it's all about how do I get fired up? <laughs> yeah, up? yeah. And I get that question a lot. And, you know, my initial answer is always like, oh, Vivance and caffeine, you know? But <laughs> so it's like... It's all know, drug induced. Yeah, reach out to your local guy. Um, but no, man, I think, you know... At the and I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about it a lot. Like, what drives? Like, why am I here and not still in Lubbock? Right? Like, what drives me day in day out? Because like, if I moved for modeling, I'm not doing modeling yeah. shit. 
know, I'm just here for fitness. I could do this in Texas. I could do this in Oklahoma. I could do this in Colorado, right? So why am I here and why am I constantly pursuing this, this bigger thing that I sometimes can't even name and don't know what it is? Um, I, again, I think a lot of it is just like, we all have, you know, we all, we, almost all of us have something to like prove, yeah. if you will. And I don't know if my, mine stems from that. Like, I mean, little backstory on me. I, I dealt with a lot of like, I had some mental shit in high school, man. Like I dealt with self-confidence issues. I put a lot of stock in what other people thought of me. And so uh, like ever since high school, it's been like a chip on your shoulder type of deal, right? Of like, I'm going to prove to you that I can do this, which, which is silly because who the hell cares? You know, yeah. if you peaked in high school, you're probably not doing much now, you know? Um, and so now... A lot of it stems from, I just don't want to let the people down that, that have believed in me my whole life, right? So my parents, man, they support me in whatever I do. You know, my mom cried when I dropped out of college, but at the same time, she texts me every month, tells me how much she loves me and, and how proud of me she is for what I'm doing. And so, you know, I, I want to continue that trend and I want to do it for the people that love me and the people that have, that, that have invested a lot of their time into me um, because, you know, none of us want to let the lo- our loved ones down. I think a lot of it stems from that. If you are an empathetic person, which both of us are, mm-hmm. and I, you, you could just hear that in Trev's voice as he speaks. Like, I want to not let people down. I want We have a superpower. <laughs> I'm telling you, Hell being yeah. empathetic <laughs> in an organic way that's just ingrained in you yeah. from either your upbringing or your foundation, it's a superpower. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is when you are at four in the morning struggling to get up, and you like take two seconds and present yourself to what my mom sacrificed, what my dad sacrificed, what that person like did for me, what my homie did for me when he let me crash on his couch, yeah. you know, what like the car that that guy gave me, the job that that first guy gave. When you when those people roll through your mind and you are truly an empathetic person, it becomes a superpower. You wake up with no fucking issue. For sure. And that changed I, and Honestly, this is a big moment for me because this is the first time I'm able to articulate that from what mm-hmm. you just said. That is my superpower in a lot of ways. I am in, I think they call it an empath, right? Like somebody yeah. who's empathetic. It, it is so powerful to drive when you think of, like when I think of my mom, I, there's nothing that stops me. Mm-hmm. When I think of my dad, there's nothing that stops me because I know what they sacrifice or I don't even know half of what they sacrifice <laughs> and it's too much. Yeah. For me and my siblings. So the second that that comes into play, I'm like, get your lazy ass up. And I'm ready to rock. And everybody always says, where's the energy come from? There's the answer. I'm an an empathetic dude. And I got people in my life that have given so much. And they get to have someone succeed off of their sacrifice. And without me stepping up, they're not getting that. That sacrifice is not paid back. And they're not looking for like, here's a thousand dollars back, here's ten grand back, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Like I owe you this. They don't even expect anything. Most of those people, yeah. all they expect is that the platform that they offered you, you use it, yeah. and you use it with everything you got. So I yeah. see that in you, and that yeah. people ask, like, it, it doesn't make sense. How do you have this energy? Screw <laughs> you, man. Wake up. Look at what yeah. people. Check the people. Write a list of the people around you who have sacrificed something for you, and look yeah. at it. And if you don't feel something from that. Check where you come from is. Check where sure. you come from is. You're probably living in a very selfish space in your life. 100%, man. 100%. It's a pa- that's a powerful tool, and I just made that shit up. That's smart. <laughs> just made that shit up. That's, powerful, that's love, man. baby, man. That's love is powerful. strong as hell. So, and it, it is. I mean, it's love, it's love for the people around you, and it's, yeah. it's <clears throat> understanding. 
one of the things I like to do is, of course, put my mom always said when I growing up, put yourself in her shoes, put mm. yourself in his shoes. Yeah. And if you put yourself in, for me, it's my parents or my siblings, but let's talk about my parents who put so much time. My dad ran two Suburbans into the ground driving me to soccer practices. I love it. And I didn't become a pro soccer player like at any real level. <laughs> so now I look at the rest of my life as not like, oh, I failed. And yeah. as like, I want to show him that that commitment that he showed me, a man who runs a business, who has a family, who has tons of commitments, endless service, like all the time, giving, 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 and still makes the time, he did not miss a game. And his dad, his dad went to one of his soccer games, and he was one of the best in the country. My dad went to, he maybe missed one of my soccer games, and I had hundreds. And I look at that situation, and I'm like, that is what I'm following. Not like, okay, I messed up and didn't become a pro soccer player. I'm like, nah, my dad took years to teach me about commitment and being honorable. Mm. So every time I say I'm making a commitment or I, 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 I'm, I have an opportunity to be an honorable man, I follow through with that because that's the foundation he set for me. Yeah. So look at the people in your life. Make a list today of like the people who have impacted you. Maybe quick note on like how they impacted you. Read that list over, and if it doesn't remind you to get the fuck up again, I would really check your come from. Yeah, I would check your come from. And dude, it's it's again. I'm kind of having like a like a mind blowing moment when you, when you're talking about like your parents, and like what they sacrificed and stuff. And like, yeah, a lot of it resonates back to to my mom, who is probably like the strongest woman that I know in my life. I mean, she had me at 20, mm-hmm. you know, by herself. She was on her own, mm-hmm. you know. She she raised a kid five years younger than I am. Where right now, I'm barely raising myself, you know. Like right. I'm just trying to figure it Isn't out. That you crazy? know, I still microwave all my meals. You know, like I don't know. I don't know how a stove works. I haven't sent a letter in years. Oh my god. But um. <laughs> Dude, it's like, <laughs> I don't know how post office works, but dude, she, she grew the hell up at 20 years old and she gave up college. She gave up a lot of her youth to basically, you know, become this mature adult when she's barely been on this freaking planet, you know, and, and she did it well. I was always Pressure makes for, diamonds. Uh, dude. Talk about full circle. Dude. That's how we started. Yeah, The man. conversation is like that when you are put in a position, when a kid is in your hands at 20, what are you going to do? Say, I'm tired. Let me take a day die, off. man. What are the commercials? Uh, it's like z or something. It's like the, the parents walk into the room and say, hey, sorry, I got to take the day off. And the two, you know, the one year old <laughs> yeah, is yeah. in the crib. <laughs> like, got to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't take a day off when you're a parent. So like talk yeah. about the, the biggest way to like figure your shit out. Yeah. Moms are superheroes. For yeah, that. man. And so that that's that's crazy to think about that, that um, you know, that that probably is where I, I get a lot of it. You know, that resilience yeah. of if if I'm in a corner, I will 10 times out of 10 better myself to get myself out of that corner yep. um, just based off the way I was raised and the strength that I have from that. So we're going to take a little bit of a shift here Ooh, um, because that was some intense stuff right there. I need a breather. That was deep, man. That was deep. So <laughs> we get to talk about Instagram because let me, let, me just, let me tell you something about Trev. If you're not following him yet, oh, what's the Instagram? No. TW Frank? One, 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 baby. One, one, one. Three ones. What is the ones about? Um... You know, I don't know, man. I made Instagram when I was like, uh, like first year out of college or first year out of high school. I and guess. it was just what you chose. Yeah. yeah I was Nick Pags underscore 47. Like, that was it. Yeah. TW Franklin 111 is my email. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to add three ones. That's just and now like it's that, like, yeah. 
My uh, thing, you know. So the so the triple ones. So go follow him. You'll see a lot of skin. On a lot of skin, Instagram. baby. Thirst trap extraordinaire. Thirst trap extraordinaire. Oof. And listen, we all talk about it. All us fitness guys. Yeah. When to use and when not to use. Everybody's got their opinion on when it's too much or too little. Yeah. What's your th- like? What's your Insta philosophy. That's hilarious. An Insta philosophy. My Insta philosophy. What's your Insta philosophy? <laughs> what do you use it for? Why? And we only got a few more minutes. About ten minutes yeah, left. I'll knock this out quick. What's the Insta philosophy? <laughs> Go hit us. So, with it. dude, it's funny. So, just if if you guys do check out my page, you'll probably think, "Wow, douche alert!" Right? Like just scrolling through a lot of shirtless stuff, a lot of like you know half naked type type deals. Um, my Insta philosophy is. Use the, you know, quote unquote clickbait, if you will, as a way to get people on my page. Right. So I'm again, I read it to the thirst trap. It's like a freaking Venus fly trap. Right. So I'm like trapping people in this (laughs) thirst mechanism that I have. And then once they're they're, called abs, they're yeah, yeah. (laughs) Five minutes. Right. No. um, So. Um, this is so just like to my power. To yeah. like really sponsor me by advance, please. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, my, my my philosophy for the past year has been do that thirst trap. You know, BS. It's not necessarily me. Get them into my page, right, and then let them learn about me and my personality, right? Because again, I'm not. I'd like to think I'm not a douche, right? So I was raised to, again, be genuine, be humble, um, you know, and just work my ass off. And so I found out that the more skin that I post, the more, uh, you know, engagement that I get, the more follows, the more comments, the more likes, the more people I have hit me up about workout nutrition plans, the more clients I get. And so that's 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 what works for me. I mean, and he literally posted, what, that was this week, like the, the comparison between yeah, the two posts. He had dude. like a shirt on post and a shirt off post, and it was like, Maybe quadruple, ten times yeah, the amount. It it's stupid, man. It's stupid how social media works. But you know, play the game, yeah. right? Like I'm just gonna play the damn game until it you know deletes or until they change things again. Like who knows? But yeah, so my goal is to get people on my page, and then you know through my stories and through my videos, hopefully my personality will outshine what what could be viewed just at surface level, right? right? Um, because again, you know the, the goal is to monetize social media, and I'm able to do paid partnerships and whatnot, um, and also you know go through my day to day life you know yeah. pe- people tend to be interested just r- sporadically maybe it's because the fitness stuff maybe it's because um you know the otf coaching the, the orange theory coaching I, I don't really know what it is um but but it's a platform for me right and it's like a billboard right my goal is to have a big billboard mm-hmm. because i want to influence as many people as i can i want to you know tell my story to as many people as i can and, and that's why i'm here it's you an end to a means Instant means to an end. Means to an end. That's whatever. Okay. The same. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I told you, I'm not smart. I'm wise. <laughs> two different things. Yeah, smart's dumb. <laughs> smart's overrated. Smart is dumb. Yeah, listen to these two idiots on this <laughs> Smart is dumb. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, right, so there's your mission on on Instagram. I yeah. mean, I listen. I find it really interesting how people utilize the space and the platform. Mm-hmm. It's a free platform that can create huge opportunity and and financial freedom in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways Mm -hmm. as just a a vessel to what you actually want so as a fitness professional and a group fitness instructor your mission is to change people's lives and support them in a healthier lifestyle and when you have like thirst traps on there if those people come to see your abs and they show up at class big what like they show up and then you get some work done yeah um and even more so like, I, I'm a stand for it. You're a good guy. Like, I know that about you. So who gives a shit if 
you're shirtless on Instagram. Yeah. Um, even more so, you worked for that. Yeah. And great. Yeah. People want to call it showy. There will always be haters. Always. We both Doesn't know this very well. Doesn't matter what you do, well. man. <laughs> my, my following is one-fourth of what yours is. And, like, I, I get crap on all the time. Yeah. Um, and I don't even have many of, like, robot follower people who yeah. are just, like, commenting weird shit. I, I have mostly people that I am in touch with. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing that there's so many people who find ways. And, of course, it's just a small person who's yeah. struggling with themselves, some type of self-confidence sure. issue. Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting outlook. And people yeah. really, like, they're like, yeah, okay, you just want to see yourself. It's like, I have a mirror for that. Yeah, man. I got a mirror. I take plenty of pictures on that, too. So yeah. it's like <laughs> What was the mirror pick from the other day? Uh, dude, freaking Amtrak, bro. <laughs> Amtrak's lighting is sick. If you guys are on the Amtrak to DC, just do yourself a favor. Go, like, take a leak in there. Like, take five, ten minutes and just take a look at that lighting. Oh, bro. my God. Fire. You know, I will say that the funniest thing about the Instagram stuff um, is, like, holidays. Like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, being around my grandparents. So, grandparents, super religious, right? Old school Methodist, old school Baptist. And, man, the conversations we get to have about, you know, my bare ass on Instagram oh are, are one for the books. Like, that should be on your next podcast. Is interviewing my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about your grandson's yeah. ass all over his I mean, he's like, he's naked on Instagram on a regular basis. Like, like oh, it's a w- great ass, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he covers the Willis and Doodleberries, but everything else Willis is just, like, like, it's there. It's for you to see. So now uh, I'm sure you'll get a nice group of followers coming your way this week. Yeah, if my future wife is listening, like, it's all fun and games. I'm it's joking around, you games. know. None of this stuff is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a joke. So, moral of the story, get naked on Instagram. Boom. Quit your job and go do fitness. Boom. And... You're a big Domino's guy, right? Eat Domino's. Bro, don't talk about Domino's. So I used to be a big Domino's guy, right? A, they don't read into my DMs. I'm kind of pissed about that. B, I was in D.C. last week, right? And uh, we ordered Domino's like 9 p.m., okay? I got my little brother and like two of his friends. I've never had Domino's. So they're like, what's the big deal? I'm like, hey, I'm about to blow your mind. Like, I'm about to change your entire life. You're going to change your life path. It's going to change your world, right? Bro, this Domino's doesn't deliver my pizza. No. I wait. T- I call them five times. So I'm gonna have to five times. Navy Yard Dominoes can oh, burn. Like I almost went and set the place on God. fire. So you know, I'm open to other opportunities. Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Little have Caesars. Now this is a very big shift. I've been on the Eat Clean Bro train this past week. Yeah, I've been watching your videos. They're great. They're so funny. I'm sorry. They're hilarious. They are, you do need to go check out the videos. The, <laughs> I have a whole phenomenal. highlight because of them. I do the Snapchat base, and it is so the funny. Big mouth. Yeah. If you don't get sponsored by them, I'm in. So I'm they've been responding Instagram. back, and I'm trying to read. I did a yeah. actually. Let's look this up. I did an Instagram poll yesterday. Yeah, I saw it. You got like 90 percent yes when, uh, I, when I, I when I hit yes. Yeah. I didn't even look. Let's look yeah. right now. Yeah. So I I did an Instagram poll saying, yeah, dude, 74 yeses and 10 noes. Who is 10 noes? You Delete shame them, on you. Unfriend them. Get them out of your life. Yeah, all no you guys are out. 2019. Um, I wonder if Eat Clean Bro responded. But listen, Eat Clean Bro, I'm ready. They I'm ready give, when you're ready, baby. They have <laughs> phenomenal food options, dude. Like it's all love. <laughs> really good food options, and it's delicious and healthy for you. Shout out to Eat Clean Bro. Yeah. Um. All right. So this is how we end every podcast. Right, we end with. Uh, I kind of ask, what is your let's go moment? What's your let's go mantra? So the the idea of this podcast is to get somebody fired up, motivated, inspired to kind of take your 
your day to the next level. Get get that person right now who's listening to hang up this and and, and just go like murder the day. What yeah. do you got for us? So it's it's my screensaver, man, and it's it's literally three four words, right? It's nobody cares. Work harder, right? Classic. If and you talked about it earlier. If you constantly live your life based off of you know maybe it's other people's successes, other what other people are doing you're not going to succeed because yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the lid rule, right? If you're looking at somebody else and they're your 10, that's your lid. You're not yeah. going to eclipse that, right? Set your own goddamn lid, right? Like your objective should be to be that trendsetter and to be the person that others look at, if you will. Right. Because I really believe that none of us were put on this earth to be mediocre. You know, a lot, I really think that we were put on this earth to be uncommon among the uncommon, Right. And that's a, that's a phrase David Goggins says all the time is, you know, there's uncommon people, but it takes a very special individual to set a new bar of being uncommon among the uncommon. So nobody cares. Work your ass off. Work harder and be uncommon. Bro, where can we find you? Instagram, TW Frank. TW Frank with three ones, baby. My Twitter is different because I forgot my password. It's TW Franklin 111. And then Facebook is a Trevor Franklin. That's about it. Check your boy out. <laughs> appreciate you being on the show, Thanks, brother. Nick, I appreciate Awesome it. work. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful day. Don't forget to rate, subscribe. And if yeah. this did anything for you, go share it with somebody who needs it today. Thank you all. See you next time. Bye. Yo, fam. I want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life. Your support and attention is so greatly appreciated, and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you would continue to be a part of the Nick Packs Fit Fam. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see y'all on the next episode.